Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Your passion for architecture will exceed your expectations when you have a thriving business to fuel that passion. Build a better business, be a better architect. Well, a thriving business starts with planning for profit. Download your free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. You are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 202. Welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup right now, or you may be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast right here is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Sometime in the next few weeks, watch for it, in the next few weeks following the release of this episode, the AIA San Francisco Equity by Design Committee will launch its third equity in architecture survey. You want to check it out. You want to take this survey because it's going to affect everybody in the profession of architecture. So watch for it. And and the report presenting the findings from their previous survey will also be distributed. So follow me on social media at Entree Architect, and I'm going to be spreading the word when that gets distributed so you can find, uh, you can read that and see the findings in that it's, it, it affects all of us. Equity may be defined 
as a state in which all people, regardless of their socioeconomic, racial, or ethnic grouping, all people have a fair and just access to the resources and the opportunities necessary to thrive. That's equity. And this week, I've invited my friend Rosa Shang back to the show, this is number four, to give us an update on the progress that they're making throughout the profession. And Rosa shares some big news that will allow her to take action to apply beyond what she's already doing, but she can take personal action and apply the knowledge and the strategies that are being developed by the Equity by Design Committee and build a culture of equity and, and apply those strategies at her own firm. So listen to this show, listen to this episode, learn what's, what's happening over at Equity by Design, but listen to what's planned for the future. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, Rosa Chang is walking the talk of Equity by Design. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, Gusto, FreshBooks, BQE Software, and RCAT. And I'm going to share more about these great companies later in the show, but before we get started, just as we're getting started right here, just take a quick note before we get started to schedule some time, and I'm serious about this, schedule some time to go visit them and let them know that you appreciate them for supporting us the Entree Architect community. Rosa Shang, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be back for the fourth time. I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, yep, four times. This is a, a, a record-breaking event here. Uh, let me, let me for the people who don't know you, which I'm sure yes. are not too many who listen to my show, but in case people are new to the show or new to Equity by Design, let me just share a little bit about you. Uh, Rosa is a respected designer, architect, thought leader, innovator with over 23 years of experience. She's led uh, a variety of award-winning and internationally acclaimed projects, including several high-profile projects for Apple, uh, one of them being the original glass structure headquarters here in New York City, one of my favorite buildings. Head there every time I go to the city. Um, and as a founding chair of Equity by Design and currently the AIA San Francisco chapter president, Rosa has led two equity and architecture surveys, working on her third, uh, authored um, the AIA National Resolution 15-1 in 2015, and served on the Equity and Architecture Commission for two years, 2016-2017. Uh, are you still on that commission or are you? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, and it's transformed and I'll get into that a little bit, Great. but yes, I'm yep. still involved. We're going to get all kinds of updates here. <laughs> uh, she's presented on why equity matters for everyone, both nationally and abroad, including Boston, New York, uh, Lisbon, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Seattle. Uh, since she last was here with us at the Entree Architect podcast, Equity by Design has been featured in Architect Magazine, Architectural Record, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, on the radio, at NPR, and on the TEDx stage in Philadelphia, which is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> After 20 years with Bolin Sawinski Jackson, where she helped launch that Seattle, uh, not Seattle, San Francisco office in 1999, Rosa recently joined, which is really exciting, recently joined Smith Group JJR, where she is currently a principal at their San Francisco office and doing all kinds of cool things. I want to hear all about that. Um, Absolutely. Three times before, episode 27, April of 2014, when you were just sort of starting Equity by Design with your team over at uh, AIA San Francisco. 
And then later, after the Equity by Design Symposium, the first one in 2014, you came back in November to give us an update on the survey and how that was working on that first survey. And then again in April 2016, two years later, uh, while you were speaking all over the world, you took some time out and came hang out with me here at the podcast in April of 2016 to, to share uh, specifically, we specifically talked about how to uh, structure an architecture firm around a culture of equity, which is really exciting. It was called the seven essential elements of an equitable architecture firm. Um, and now, now you're with uh, Smith Group and sort of applying a lot of those rules uh, that you talked about in that last episode. So yes. very exciting. It so, is. so much has happened since the last <laughs> time you were here. So I'm not sure we may have to do a multi-part episode here, but but let's let's go back to uh, spring of 2016. You were flying all over the world and talking about equity by design. Give us an update since then. Yes, well, it's been an incredible um, year and a half, so to speak, and not just uh, for how we've been advancing the survey and its findings and its meeting and impact, but also the world around us has drastically changed. And I think the interesting thing is that before, it was kind of a nice to have, well, oh, equity, yes, you know, that would be great to have. Um, but we really, you know, don't see an emphasis in a lot of places. And now um, with a lot of these awakenings of, wow, sexual harassment is still around and wow, racism is still around. And they're not, they were hidden before, but now they're fully exposed. And more, now more than ever, I think that, um, a foundation of equitable practice and what it truly means is ever so more important, not at, just in the architectural industry, but in society as a whole. Right. Um, so again, back to the, what's the difference between equity and equality? I think we've talked about this before, but I've kind of boiled it down to its essence, which is minimizing barriers to maximize potential for success. For, so, for, any, for anyone for anyone. Yeah. So it's not just what's fair and what's equal. It goes beyond that. It's really a mindset of, um, I call and even shorter than that, a we too mentality versus, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, we first, I should say, uh, versus me first, where we are looking out for each other. And in order to succeed, we need to have that mindset. So the survey that came out of 2016 and its results, we're actually on the cusp of publishing the final research report. We're in final layout mode and uh, post-production kind of editing, but that will be out before our uh, third survey is launched. The key findings from that survey, we started out with career pinch points. I don't know if you still remember that, but then sure, we yeah. added this other layer called career dynamics. And that was something that while career pinch points was on this linear pattern of place challenges that happened to you maybe once during your career. Career dynamics was about things that happened to you multiple times during your career. So finding the right fit, uh, work-life integration, and we've talked about before, professional development, um, having a break from architecture, beyond architecture, exploring other interests and coming back to it, not being kind of uh, excommunicated from the professional together, and then pay equity. Those things happen all the time throughout your career. And that's yet another complicated layer of nuance of challenges that happen to people that cause them to leave the profession, right? Um, we've had some really great um, reports written by Annalisa Pitts, who is our research chair, 
about these topics. Uh, so she's covered a huge amount of information on pay equity, and this is all available on eqxdesign.com, and you can look at it yourself. But uh, the nuances of caregiving, uh, the nuances of younger architects finding the right fit, um, those are all covered in very uh, explicit detail in these findings. And for example, I'll give you one example, and then we can, because we could talk about this all day. But with pay equity, there was a realization that um, we are comparing things on this kind of concept of temporal flexibility, which is a new word for a lot of people. But the idea that you're only as valuable as you are seeing your butt in the seat, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, the hours that you are perceived to be working in the office versus the hours or the value that you spend cultivating relationships, um, your influence or impact beyond those physical hours that people see you in the office, right? So we've been working hourly, or we've been billing hourly, so there's this hourly mentality, but in this new uh, paradigm of how we should work in the future of practice, uh, especially with the disruption of all these new technologies, what is our true value and worth as architects? So the pay equity articles talk about that quite a bit. And then um, on the caregiving side, there's a lot of great information about uh, what has been quoted as the daddy bonus and mother penalty. A Harvard research study kind of parallels our findings in that fathers get paid the most than um, their male uh, counterparts without children, female counterparts without children, and then mothers get paid the least. And these are based on structural biases that are ingrained in us in society about who is the primary caregiver, who is the primary breadwinner in a family. So those are just some of the broader topics, but you know, we could talk about this for hours. Um, transitioning into that, we're getting very excited about our 2018 research study, which will be launching in February. And we're trying to get over 10,000 respondents. Last time we got all the way up to 8,664 respondents, which is Pretty impressive, um, but we're hoping to exceed that uh, to try to truly get to 10% of the architecture population uh, based on AIA uh, stats of they have 90,000 members. So if we were able to get 10% of that, that would be amazing. Um, some of the differences in this new study, and on a broad broader level, because I don't want to preclude Annalisa's kind of summary of it. Uh, are that we are going to be more intentionally looking for uh, race and ethnicity findings. Uh, we were heavily concentrated on the gender findings just based on where we started. We did introduce race and ethnicity in the last round, but it wasn't enough because our sampling, our sample size was actually uh, parallel to who is actually in the profession, but we actually need an oversampling because there are so few in the underrepresented um, race and ethnicity groups to actually do some comparative analysis, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So we're gonna be reaching out to NOMA and um, in a concerted effort asking those that are non-white, if you will, to um, answer the survey in, in larger groups. So with, with, the, with the last survey, um, yes. was there any, because that's going to be launched soon, um, yes. you're putting the final touches on that now, were there any big surprises that sort of popped out at you? that you can kind of give us a scoop? Yes, I think um, burnout and engagement was another topic that was new to the 2016 survey. And there was a, a gauge of metrics of success. 
And in some of those findings, it was really interesting to see the influencers of burnout versus engagement. For instance, um, someone's access to a senior leader in a firm and having friendships at work, which people wouldn't think really mattered, uh, have an influence on whether somebody thrives or not. Mm -hmm. um, having uh, a, a clear path to professional advancement and professional development and also having work that is meaningful to their long-term career goals, that is also an influencer of uh, engagement versus burnout. So a lot of the findings have in the 2016 report that are more interesting, if you will, that are the newer findings have to do with that spectrum and what we can do as offices of all sizes to help uh, minimize burnout and try to maximize engagement and thriving uh, professionals. Can you share a couple of those, one or two? Yes. So um, there was, let me try to think off the top of my head. Sorry, I don't have my okay. stuck in front of if, me. If not, I have another question. Okay. Why don't we move on to another question? Okay. No and problem. Then I'm going to pull up some of the findings and then I can share as, as we weave them in. Yeah. Go ahead. As, as Entre, you know, Entre Architects, the community of Entre Architect are all small firms. So they're, they're, yes. they're typically 10 members or less. Um, a very large uh, section of sole practitioners, or very small, you know, just two people. Um, that's a that's a big piece of our community. The the a lot of what you talk about, and a lot of what the report talks about, is sort of moving up through the the uh, hierarchy sure. in larger firms. Do sure. do you um, do you look at that segment of the of the profession who who are in those small firms or choose to be sole practitioners? We did, of the people that answered the survey, we did have people that were sole practitioners, but unfortunately, because that wasn't the main group that answered it. So mm -hmm. I think as a solution, if we, if you could help us get more I sole can. practitioners yep. to answer the survey, then we would actually have enough people to do these cross uh, sampling of questions and analysis. Yeah. Does that I, make sense? Yes, because okay. I know I know one of the findings in, in the, the, the last survey was that a lot of um, uh, women are sort of forced out because of childbirth or because they become mothers, and then they, they can't get back in because they've been out for too long. Um, and a lot of them become sole practitioners by default out of necessity. But there's also yes. another segment who chooses that route. Like Anne-Marie and I, yes. we specifically chose the, the firm that we have so we can have this integrated life and live the lifestyle and the flexibility and the freedom that comes with that. And so there, there is a segment of, of our profession who's choosing to be, to be in this segment. And I'd, and I'd love to sort of learn something about that group as well as the people who are, who are trying to move up in the, in the profession in the large firms. Um, but there's a very large, you know, significant, because my community, there are a lot of women in my community who, who love the opportunity uh, that, that's afforded with them in, in small firms and sole practitioners that gives give them that opportunity to have that flexibility and that freedom to live that integrated life, be a full-time mom, be a full-time architect at the same time, um, and live that life. And so I'd, love, I'd love to hear yeah. some of that uh, brought into the survey as well in the future. Yes. I think we had less than 10% mm -hmm. of the respondents last time. So if we could get over that threshold, I'm sure we can get some of the cross-analysis done and then start the conversation because I think I do think it's important, um, given that most of the firms within AIA members are small practitioners or small firms, 
uh, so to speak, yep. uh, that we would have that information available and be able to support those um, practitioners who are looking to start on their own or, you know, in smaller firm practices. Yeah. yeah. So actually, so what you can do is give, give me some, some target goals that you're looking for that, that sort of would give you enough uh, data to include them in the next survey. Um, and we'll, yes. we'll try to hit some of those goals because our community is growing pretty quickly as well. Okay. Um, and, and we can definitely help you get some more of those people answering the surveying and have some of that data for you. So of the 8,664, we had approximately 600 mm -hmm. who were architecture sole practitioners. That doesn't preclude the small firms, um, but that's giving you just a little snapshot, right? So yeah. Yeah. hopefully okay. we can get more small firms and sole practitioners to participate and that would help. Yeah, that would be great. I'll do what I Thank can you. do, definitely. Okay. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, Gusto, FreshBooks, Core by BQE Software, and RCAP. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. You don't have time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations, right? And the old school payroll providers, they just don't get it. They aren't built for the way that we work. It's so frustrating. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR, human resources, easy for small business. Modern technology does all the heavy lifting, so it's easy for us to get it right. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. And to help support the show, the Entree Architect podcast, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. Sign up today, and you'll get three months free, three months free. Once you run your first payroll, just go to entrearchitect.com slash gusto. And that's G-U-S-T-O, entrearchitect.com slash gusto and claim your free three months of payroll processing right now. FreshBooks, our friends at FreshBooks, make it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track your time for your whole team, buy project and get organized with reports, communication and notifications. It does so much. My favorite feature in FreshBooks of all the things that it does, my favorite feature is the automated invoice reminders. I think sending invoices and getting paid is one of our big, biggest barriers as small firm architects. Who has the time? But if, but if we don't send out invoices, we're not getting paid, right? So FreshBooks makes it easy to send out invoices and get paid online with a click of a button. And when your client doesn't pay you on time, and that's probably over almost every time, FreshBooks will send them a friendly email reminder through a simple system that you control. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, my favorite, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. You access FreshBooks for free and be sure to enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at the Entree Architect community is project management software. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? 
Today's podcast episode is sponsored by BQE Software, the makers of award-winning BQE Core. Core puts project management, business intelligence, billing, time and expense tracking, and accounting all together in one intuitive, powerful platform. With its cloud platform and mobile apps, Core lets you manage people, projects, and profits from anywhere. And you can get a fully functional 15-day trial of Core by going to entrearchitect.com slash BQE. Go there right now, 15 days for free, entrearchitect.com slash BQE. Go visit our friends at arcat.com. Arcat's a great tool for small firm architects. Arcat has huge libraries of free content. You're going to hear a theme in this spot, free, free content. CAD, BIM, specifications, and more. They have done all the work for you. You need a spec? Click on over and download the CSI three-part specification in multiple file formats. How about CAD details or BIM objects? All free at the click of a mouse. Arcad has tons of building product content ready for you to use, and it's all completely free. You don't even have to register to download this content. They don't even want your email address. It's free. And have you checked out their free collaboration tool, Charette? Charette is a tool for sharing and collaborating with your colleagues and clients in real time. You can upload photos and files, share specs and product information directly from the RCAT database, as well as from other sources on the internet. Visit RCAT and click the Charette icon right there on the homepage, rcat.com, and, and like everything offered at RCAT, Charette is a free tool for us small firm architects too. Learn more right now. Click through on our link, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT so they know that we sent you over there. entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, A-R-C-A-T. So go visit them all. Gusto, FreshBooks, BQE Software, and RCAT. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So you're working on, on the results of this current survey um, and, yes. and working on the reports um, or, or launch. So we have Go ahead. two tandem results going on. We have, we're trying to uh, wrap up the, with a silver bow on top, the report that people can read and use and access in their firms, in their practices of these findings to influence um, equitable practice uh, structuring and guide, guidelines. Then we have the new survey coming out, which is 2018, which is trying to do more. Uh, but having the 2016 report will be a good foundation for people trying to understand what the importance of the 2018 survey is and get more people on board to take yeah. it. Yeah. And we do have a research team already in the process of um, filtering the questions that what will become the questions of the topics in the survey. So uh, we'll try to get in it's really about answering. I think we can have the findings for the small firm practices and the uh, sole practitioners. Uh, most of the questions still apply to a lot of people about um, meaningful work and pay and all, because a lot of the things that keep architects out of the profession are the low pay and the long hours. That was like the top two answers of why people leave the profession still, right? Um, hopefully we can reconcile that with new information and new ways to value what we do. But um, 
yeah, there's, <laughs> it's like, as you know, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. And, and that's, that's across the board, you know, right. uh, you know, it's long hours, low pay. That's sort of been a, a, a perennial complaint of architects for decades. Um, and so we're all working on that. You know, that's a major goal of Entree Architect as well is to solve that problem specifically yes. for small firms, but to, 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 um, to encourage people to learn what they need to learn about architecture and about, about the business of architecture specifically, so they can become more valuable uh, and they can charge what they need to charge and they can see the value that they bring um, to the world as architects and get, and get paid for that. Um, Absolutely. And, and so that's a big piece of what we're, we're doing. Um, the, 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 some really big news, I mentioned it in the introduction, with you personally, is that you've moved from Bolin Sawinski Jackson, which, where you were for 20 years, yes. um, to a new firm doing a new, you know, having a new position. I want to know about that. So let's, let's, Oh, absolutely. If you, it, can we shift gears? Because it's, yes. they're, they're overlapping because <laughs> you and I talked a little bit before the show and this gives you an opportunity to sort of apply some of the things that you've been talking about for the last five years in a real life environment over at your new firm. So can you talk, let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. So applying all the equitable practice research to my own life, um, the irony is that the last thing I was going planning on doing in 2017 was transitioning into a new job, right? So a little bit of background before I get to the job yep. itself. Uh, we were renovating our house, so we we're in the middle of construction or towards the end of construction at the end. Uh, I applied for the FAIA, the fellowship application. Uh, we, I was doing a lot of traveling. I had three projects going on at the same time. That, so when I was approached originally, it was this idea, but I didn't think it was possible in 2017. And each time we came back to the table, there was something else that was intriguing that was brought up. And in our last conversation, it was the idea that equity, diversity, inclusion as uh, something that was of importance to Smith Group was something that I could bring to the table and help lead them in developing something that they could use internally as a way, as a means of talent retention, but also as a, a way to create a new value within the design practice of integrated design and um, some of their larger strategic goals. So that was really the carrot. Uh, I know that they had done really good projects. They had a, a strong reputation. They have national presence. Those were all, um, supporting elements, but the, I think the thing that was the uh, decision maker, if you will, was this huge opportunity to influence a larger firm in helping them grow with the theory, uh, putting theory into practice, if you will, of all the things that we've been talking about for the last five years. To, to walk the talk. To walk the talk, yes. <laughs> and I joined in October, um, late October, uh, one of the other negotiating elements was uh, to come in as a principal. So um, not having to kind of prove myself all over again, but to come in as a, as a shareholder with somebody with skin in the game uh, and to be able to help you know, steer uh, the practice of developing higher education and workplace projects, but also this um, piece that I talk about, equity, diversity, inclusion, as an official program, and that it would help uh, office leaders, practice leaders, uh, discipline leaders across the firm be able to learn more about equity, diversity, inclusion, not just for 
the practice itself, but for a design, right? That's the kind of transition mode. And some of the reading and research I've been doing about uh, the importance of empathy, uh, self-awareness, uh, emotional and social intelligence are going to be the influencers, uh, I believe, of design in the next you know, five to 10 years. And especially with the disruption of artificial intelligence and all the things in technology that are kind of eating away at our professional services, you know, are eating away at our lunch, literally, um, that we need to kind of put ourselves ahead and be stronger in the things that are the soft skills or uh, these people-oriented skills. Even within sustainability, I think biophilic design and empathy has a lot to do with uh, health and safety and welfare of not just the people using the buildings, but I think the way we practice. So I know this is a lot of new theory <laughs> to talk about, um, but it's something that I believe will influence design in our practices and what we can offer. I, I think it'll also affect your bottom line in a positive yes, way. I, because every, everything that you talk about, everything that you've, you've talked about for the last five years um, and, and everything that you're presenting um, will improve your bottom line. It's not, it's not things that are, that's going to, it may, and it may end up costing more money, but in the, in the end, you're going to have better talent. You're going to have more profit. You're going to have better clients um, because of the, of the pieces that you can put into place will open up the, the opportunities for more people to be able to join your firm. Um, are there yes. are there specific things that you know that you're going to uh, try to try to change at the firm? Um, they've already. It's not that I'm going in to try to completely, you know, reset the course, if you will. I wouldn't have joined unless I saw that there was a strong foundation to begin with. Yeah. So um, Troy Thompson, who's the managing director, and Joyce Polemus, they've been spearheading uh, on a parallel movement before I got there. Uh, initiative for pay equity analysis and um, some other like interviewing. There was this uh, study, I can't remember, it was Harvard Business Review that published it about uh, the orchestra and how they had blind reviews. So in the interview process, they've started integrating um, ways to mitigate bias in the review interview process. Um, so these are all ongoing things that I'm helping to support. Uh, but I think at a larger scale, making equity, diversity, inclusion part of the DNA of the firm yeah. as a whole, having them understand what equitable practice truly is, and then having everybody understand that it has an important asset to play in the design realm with clients, because uh, we know that the population is becoming more diverse uh, by the census of 2045, I believe. And that in itself is creating a more diverse uh, client user group. So as architects, we need to, if not become as diversely represented, but also have the empathy and the mindset to know what these diverse client and user group bodies need and want, right? Yep. Is, and, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. And that plays a part in a lot of the work that I'm doing with higher education. A lot of the students are first time college goers, they're potentially dreamers, they're um, potentially inter international students, right? Um, so the environments that are inclusive, that, and even with the a lot of the discussion about uh, 
the all gender restrooms, that's another example of where having um, true understanding and awareness of what the design issues are that influence inclusion and dignity and respect of people using these spaces and not saying, oh, that's the all gender bathroom over there, um, but actually truly disrupting what we think of as that's what a bathroom looks like. Um, and to be able to lead that conversation is something that I think will come out of this overall awareness of equity, diversity, inclusion, right? So anyway, I get too deep, but I'm going to nope, pull myself not, back. not at all. That's where I want you to go. So don't hesitate. Go go where your passion takes you. I can go on. Um, but I, I actually have a question from a business point of view, from yes. being principal and and bringing, bringing what you know and your knowledge and your and your background um, and your credibility to this new to this firm um, is is equity and the and, and equitable culture is it built into the into the the business plan of Smith Group is it part of what they're talking about in their document when you look at their business plan is it in there? A lot of it is. I was surprised, um, pleasantly surprised, but uh, there's this the strategic plan is uh, for 2021. And they have been presenting it uh, recently uh, just to kind of remind people of what those goals are. But uh, a lot of those are in parallel about engagement and uh, equitable design in terms of getting more voices at the table and uh, people that are getting promoted and how they're nominated, uh, really truly evaluating the way things used to be done and saying we can do things differently and we could do them better, I think is at the core of it. Um, so. Again, I was pleasantly surprised, um, and I think where I could help them is to, you know, kind of complete the picture of what's happening on the national level, especially with AIA. Um, the idea that of this uh, engagement and burnout um, spectrum, and how to help preserve talent retention, and also to attract talent that we want to have support the strategic goals. So. Yeah, I mean, you have a you have good. an opportunity for a real world case study here. Yes, that that that, that can be <laughs> that can be part of the you know their business plan. You know, can have specific goals uh, with specific milestones and specific action plans to get to those goals. Just like we talk about with any other part of the business plan, which will then not only get them where they want to go, um, but it will also give you an opportunity to say look at what we've done here at Smith Group and you can become a leader, the firm can become a leader uh, in equity as, as, a, as you know, equity leadership um, and yes. show the rest of our profession how this can be done and learn, you know, learn from the lessons. There may be things that, that don't work that you try um, and then you can share those lessons as well and show that you know, Smith Group is not only a leader in design but also a leader in equity and, and business and other firms can then start modeling on the things that that Smith Group is doing. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's your That's job hard. now. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I, I bring that up because I talk about business plans all the time, and that's that's something that we should be thinking about at all levels. You know, whether it's a small firm or a large firm, um, we should be thinking about our culture and how we want our culture to to be formed. Um, not only in equity, but in every type of, you know, every aspect of your culture, if you plan for it and you're specific about it and intentional about it, you're more likely going to get there than to just, you know, talk about it and hope that you get there um, and, you know, end up hiring the wrong people with the wrong, with the wrong focus, with the wrong 
attitudes with the wrong intentions and end up somewhere where you don't really want to be, even though you hoped and planned to be somewhere else. That's correct. So it's exciting to, to, uh, to hear this, the opportunity that you have with this firm, not only, you know, outside of equity by design, but the opportunity that you have to, to show, to, to walk the talk, um, at your firm to, to show how it can be done and the, and the lessons learned there and, and potentially some of the failures that, that have happened maybe in the past that can be corrected or, you know, trying some new things that, that didn't work as we expected they, them to work it would be really interesting. Absolutely. And in my own journey of finding the right fit, I feel that I'm um, immensely supported, not just um, in the role, but in the mindset and the culture and uh, the, the crazy ideas that I have, yeah. uh, so to speak. <laughs> will you be able to, in the new firm, will, will you be able to sort of build a team around you that sort of, uh, maybe, uh, so maybe at a committee level that's specifically put together yep. for this so you can the uh, irony of it is that there was a former diversity committee and we decided not to call it a committee there will be people yeah. that will be actively engaged in the program but the idea is that it is truly part of the dna and it's for everyone right um, so while there will be like a steering group so to speak uh that will help lead the charge and help nurture and foster those um and the program goals in each office um i I, we were uh, very concerned about calling it a committee because that's when the responsibility goes by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean the reason, that and that's my responsibility. Exactly, and that's why I, I initially asked if there was a team behind you. The reason I ask is not yes. that it that is sort of you know pushed into an into the into the equity office. You know, it I it's more about getting the information out of the office. You know, out yes. in, into the world. So, right. so not only your firm succeeds with it, but um, it can be shared. You know that that my platform at Entree Architect is all about sharing our knowledge, is to be trans as transparent as we possibly can, and and share what we know with one another, and we're we're all going to grow together. And so Absolutely. I would I would love to see um, you know a YouTube channel or or a podcast from Smith Group, and I know you can't do it. That's why I ask <laughs> if there's a team, because you have I enough on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> because I would love to see the 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 real world challenges, and it's and and I would love to see it all. You know, I'd love to see it sort of like a vlog format where you're you're talking about you know what you're going to do, and then showing it happen. Not only you know talk about what you're going to do, and then sh share some results, but actually share what you're doing and share the failures as much as the successes. It would be so interesting to watch yes. a, a YouTube channel or a podcast talk openly and honestly and transparently about what you're trying to do and the results that are happening in real time. It would be really interesting. I'll put on the suggestion list of, but back to like, who is my team? Yeah. My team is the entire leadership group and the fact that, you know, I'm meeting with them soon to talk about how they're all going to be involved. Right. So that's the amazing thing is that we're starting with the involvement investiture of the leadership into this, a program. Yeah. And, you know, from that, we have the whole support of the communications team, the marketing group, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the resources that we already have baked into the company are, you know, will be included and involved in this program. So that's the kind of uh, icing on the cake, if you will. It's yeah. not 
the separate group on the side, right. but it's totally integrated into the DNA of the firm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, and, and it's great to have a firm with the resources that you do. So you have the marketing group and, and, the, and the leadership that you can do this, that you'll be able to um, make this part of the DNA of Smith Group and, and, uh, and share what you learn with the rest of us. It'll be, it'll be. Oh, absolutely. I'll continue to share. So don't, you don't need to. Yeah, no, I'm not worried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just excited for you. And I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm super proud of you. I'm proud of, I'm proud because I've known you a long time. You and I have been friends for a long time. Yes. And, uh, it, it, to see where you've, where you've started and where you've grown this to without stopping with full momentum, full, progress all the way through full blast it's uh it's been so exciting and and interesting to to watch you uh move this giant ship in a new direction uh it's exciting to see this happen yes and even uh, it's gone to uh it's progressed to additional levels right so i started lecturing at um aia or presenting i should say at ai events and now uh universities are interested in that's the next layer, right, of being able to go to the architecture schools and talk about these things before students even get into practice. And I think the, the awareness uh, versus hindsight is uh, going to be amazing. So I've been to Clemson last year and um, University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, and um, recently uh, to, to Michigan, to Taubman, and this year uh, so far, Roger Williams and also Harvard um, in a couple of weeks, and then uh, back to my alma mater, Syracuse, in May. So it's been pretty amazing to see that the schools are eager and supporting um, creating cultural change within academia to support students, you know, as they transition into practice. Yeah, it it's a, it'll it would be great to see some of the. Uh, the resources that are being developed by Equity by Design be integrated into the curriculums of these schools. That that um, you know much of what we're trying to do with Entree Architect is to get more business and more entrepreneurism into the programs. It would be yes. it would be great to see that happen with your uh, work as well. That it, that it becomes part of like the DNA of um, of Smith Group to see it baked into the DNA at the very beginning of our profession, when they're learning about architecture, that it's just part of what we do, that it's not something that we're trying to, you know, apply to the top of it or trying to force it into, into the profession as it is, but it becomes what the profession is. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And then, but wait, there's more. (laughs) So, um, the, a18 uh, conference on architecture in New York City uh, in June. We have a couple of programs there. Uh, we're working on details for the hackathon, but it is happening um, in New York on uh, June 20th, which is the Wednesday before all the convention, the conference uh, formally start. And then there's also um, a design justice workshop that we're in in the final stages of planning for. But if everything works out, uh, we're um, going to be hosting that event at Grace Farms Foundation in New Canaan, Connecticut, which is the uh, uh, SANA project uh, in collaboration with Handel Architects that was done. Uh, it's called the River Building, and it won a National Honor Award. But there, the Grace Farms Foundation 
uh, has this amazing um, five-prong uh, model for uh, justice, art, community, uh, spirituality, and I, ha I always forget the fifth one, but I will remember it later. <laughs> um, but all these initiatives work very well with design and design justice advocacy. And Brian uh, C. Lee Jr. Of, from New Orleans, who is uh, the um, executive director for colocate.org, he is um, one of the leaders in the nation spearheading design justice advocacy, uh, which is, I think, the next level of work that we're interested in partnering and integrating with. Other, other than getting the word out about the, the report and yes. getting the word out about taking the, the next survey, uh, yes. what can our listeners do to help you move forward? I think a lot of it is happening organically. Uh, there's groups organizing, being inspired by us, but not, um, they're completely separate. So uh, there is a group called Girl Uninterrupted who mm -hmm. is specifically focused on uh, making sure that uh, women, younger women and emerging professionals and mid-career women get the leg up, get the access to influencers, get the mentorship and sponsorship and um, oppor project opportunities um, with their specific outreach. There's another group called AIA Wield, which is women in uh, leadership development. And again, these are just self-organized groups that were inspired by what we're doing. We're still focused mainly on the research. Oh, and I forgot to mention, of course, there will be a symposium at the end of the year, November 3rd, so save the date for that in San Francisco. Um, but we're sticking to, even though there's the evolution of thought processes, we're sticking to the things that we do well. So the research and um, the workshops and the, these think tanks, if you will, the hackathon, um, we are, you know, adding a couple of different uh, tangential programs like the design justice advocacy, but at our core, we're still staying true to what we do best. And then we're hoping that other people, uh, if they feel inspired, can use us as a resource and um, start their own initiative based on their uh, affinity or the particular focus of this larger discussion, right? Because you can't talk about everything or possibly solve the entire thing. This is back to eating the whale. Yeah. If everybody chooses their choice bite of the whale, uh, we're going to get there faster. And we can't do everything, and neither can anybody individually, but collectively, we're all chomping away together. And um, I, I just urge people to um, reach out to us, hopefully not in the next month, because <laughs> we're going to be <laughs> grinding away at the survey. But once the survey is launched, uh, please reach out to us. We have a lot of resources. We will have the uh, 2016 report in its full entirety with graphics and explanation. So I think, and we do have an interim video, a narrated video on our website that people can stream um, to have like a lunch and learn to talk about the conversation in their firms by themselves uh, with a larger group. We don't have any kind of use right restrictions. All we ask is that people mention the name and the website and stream away, you know, um, have the national conversation, but it is an open source kind of sharing model. We do ask if people are interested in sponsoring um, this, the research, the hackathon, or the symposium. Um, none of this happens without financial support either. So that's another way that firms and in passionate individuals can get involved is the sponsorship model. Uh, we have a robust program that 
again, for our sponsors, we the, the first release of the 2018 survey and the kind of um, personalized uh, walkthrough of the findings is a benefit for sponsors. So uh, a lot of ways to get involved. Is there, so at, probably the, the, the best answer is go to the website, right? Yes, e go to the website or contact us yeah, via e the website. Yeah, eqxdesign.com. Uh, it gets you to the Equity by Design website that has all the information. Um, you can subscribe there if you go to the Actions button on eqxdesign.com. That way you don't have to interrupt them while they're putting together their information for the for the new report and getting the new survey together. You can get on that list, just subscribe there. And, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes as well. This is episode 202. And so you can go to entrearchitect.com slash uh, episode 202. And you'll have, we'll have links to all of the things that we talked about here. So it'll be easy to just go there and click over to Equity by Design. Um, and then we'll also have a subscription button on our site as well. Um, yes. So you can subscribe and get on the list and then you'll get all of the information when it's ready to go. So, and I also forgot to mention, um, just out of my own chagrin and busyness, that uh, Maya Sharpie out of Boston, yep. a Build Yourself Workshop, Build Yourself Workshop, is partnering with us to um, revive our Inspire series. It was kind of the everybody was too busy, but um, submitting your story, if you're interested in submitting to be an Inspire blog post, uh, we're looking for people with of diverse backgrounds and stories. Again, there's no kind of recipe, but if you feel that you have an inspiring story to share, that will help motivate uh, those that are, are feeling disenfranchised, et cetera. Um, please contact us about submitting for an Inspire post, and then either myself or Maya will get back to you. Sounds uh, good. Again, Maya's, after... Maya's a friend of Entree Architect as well. <laughs> so she's been on the show. Um, yes. And so uh, that's that's awesome. You know, it, that'd be a great podcast. I know you could add that to your list oh, too. Oh yeah, and it's, and it's, it's, Equity by Design Inspire podcast would be awesome to hear yes. those stories in real, in real, you know, from the from the mouths of the people who are telling them would be would be awesome. Absolutely, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I know, I know. One step at a time, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. We'll get there. That's awesome. Okay, Thanks so, for the so idea, Mark. you're welcome. The the uh, the website again is eqxdesign.com. Before we wrap up, Rosa, I want to ask one last question that I ask everybody. Sure. Um, what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I think um, a lot of reading outside the realm of architecture. There's a lot of good reading right now. I do it every day. Uh, I look at um, business articles. I look at sustainability articles. I look at things that are outside of our normal comfort zone. And I've been learning a lot about um, what are the emerging business models? What are the things that are skill sets that we need to have in business, which correlates to what we need to do in architecture, right? So I talked about uh, the newest things I'm reading right now. There's a book called Wired to Care about uh, by Dev Petnik. And it talks about widespread empathy as a way to support a business, a new business model. Um, so that's intriguing. I think starting maybe a book club with your local community of architects about these new topics that are non-architectural would be the best thing that you could do for yourself as a small practice. That's awesome. The the uh, <laughs> Wired to Care sounds really good. That's getting on my it list. Is. That's going to be and one of my next books because I, I love that topic. <laughs> And Design for Good by John Kerry is on my my next read. Yeah. Um, 
very inspiring about the dignity of design and how we all need to bring that back. Okay. We're going to have those on the, on the show notes as well. So they can just go there. You don't have to stop your car and write these down. We'll have the <laughs> links over at entrearchitect.com slash episode 202. That's all you need to remember is 202. Well, that was awesome. Rosa, Thanks, Mark. thank you very, very much for coming and hanging out with me for a little while, giving us an update on equity by design, giving us an update on Rosa Shang and her life and what's happening with you. So exciting. Make sure you Thank check you. out, we'll have Rosa's um, Instagram as well and Facebook page and whatever else is out there. We'll have that on the show notes as well. So Rosa, thank you very much for joining us and for sharing your knowledge here again at Entree Architect Podcast. It's been a pleasure, Mark. Thank you. Hey, if you like the show, I have two requests for you. Number one, if you like the show, go review it. Go tell me what you think of it uh, on iTunes. We just recently uh, past 100 reviews over at iTunes. And I am so thankful to each and every one of them and all the reviews throughout the internet, uh, anywhere else you might be listening to the show. I would love your feedback and, and your, uh, and your review and rating. Uh, you can go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes, and it'll take you directly to iTunes. Hit the, uh, the star button for whatever you think we deserve here. Uh, and then let me know what you think post a review. I would really love, really love for, uh, for you to do that for me. Number two, share it. That's how we're growing. That is how we're growing. We are seeing exponential growth with this podcast and it is because I'm asking you to share it and you are responding by doing so. So just take a, this link entrearchitect.com slash 202 entrearchitect.com slash 202 and email it to a friend or post it on Facebook or send it over to, to Twitter and put it out as a tweet or, or put together a really cool graphic and put it on Instagram. Any way that you want to share it, I would very much appreciate it. Tag me so I know you did it, so I can thank you for it. And then entrearchitect.com slash episode 202 is the link to share so they can come and listen to this uh, very important episode. Don't forget to go visit uh, the website at entrearchitect.com slash free course download your free course. It's free and it's going to show you how to be profitable. I get feedback almost every day from architects asking me, how can I make more money? How can I be more profitable? This course is put together to tell you that, to show you step-by-step step how to become more profitable. It is by far um, a course that we could easily sell. I want you to get it because I want architects to be more successful. I want you to come and see what we're doing at Entree Architect. And this is sort of a you know, a lure to get you over there and take a look at what we're doing. Uh, it is a valuable, valuable course. Uh, entrearchitect.com slash free course for the Profit for Small Firm digital course. My name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you. I want you to be an entrepreneur architect too. I want you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. That's the way it works. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.